Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. The Hargan women seem to have it all. We were blessed. My mom was amazing. But detectives would soon discover inside the house there were the bodies of two women. A story of betrayal you would struggle to believe if it wasn't true. I am just praying to God, this is a sick joke. From 48 Hours, this is Blood is Thicker, the Hargan Family Killings. Listen to Blood is Thicker, the Hargan Family Killings, wherever you get your podcasts. Morning, David. Morning to you, Captain. Lovely to be here, sir. Lovely to be here, too. Sucking in the oxygen <laughs> and the dopamine that's circling around my head. The wonderful distraction that's cinema. And should we talk to the listener? Morning, listener. Who is the listener? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I was like, who is the listener? Or oh, listeners. Let's hope it's plural. Hello, bonjour, listener. Thank you for allowing us to um, sweetly kiss your earbuds today with your i can imagine you've got a pair of some cool ipod what are they call wireless um headphones on and you're strutting down the high street and you're wanting some cinematic info nuggets firing at you where you've come to the right place david what's the most magical cinema you've ever been in like you've been transported to another world the most magical cinema i have ever been in um, oh, I tell you, what, um, a really impressive one is um, in uh, Disney World in LA. Really? And is it magical? It was magical because they um, they set it out like a nineteen thirties um, silent cinema kind of setting, and it was raining outside, and you felt like a film noir Humphrey Bogart detective inside. Right. And they were showing old Steamboat Mickey um, uh, animated films. And that, um, that was magical. Do you know what? If I'm going to be absolutely truthful, no, it wasn't. That. No, it wasn't to say the absolute truth. Because I think when you're in Disneyland, you're constantly <laughs> scrap that. Yeah. Uh, tricking yourself. I'll tell you what's a bloody magical um, cinema. Any cinema you go to when you're 11 years old. And it is just like... Not good enough. Not good know. enough. Oh, it's like being 18 and, and going around the red light district in Amsterdam. Not that I ever did that at the age of 18. What? I mean, in the sense that it feels... Did you, you go around the red light district? No. I've never, I've never been around the red light district. No, no, but I'm imagining what would it would be like if I was 18. What would it be like? Is that where you have ladies sat in windows? Yeah, absolutely. Ladies in windows... Um, are waving to you and giving you full eye contact. What? And then you go, okay. Uh, and then you right. knock and on you, the... Is that what happened? Well, Actually, I'm, listen, this is, a a, this is a movie podcast, okay? But, I mean, that that's the situation. You go so magical cinema is a bit like walking around the red light district. Red light district when you're 18 and your hormones are pumping away like a, I don't know, a disco, if you can imagine that. And um, what makes a magical disco in your eyes? Magical what would the no sorry magical what makes a magical cinema in your eyes if you're sat in a cinema what would make you go wow this feels magical um intensely red carpet do you know what i mean that really intense right the smell of popcorn and some really exciting posters and cardboard standy cutouts i always remember um, I, I was like 11 years old. I was going to go and see the Care Bear movie with my dad. And um, he just picked me up from work and he was wearing his suit. I don't know why I remember that. And um, there was a massive life-size uh, Roger Moore standee with Grace Jones draped around him. 
like um, well, like Grace Jones. And um, I remember just thinking, God, this is exciting. And suddenly I had no interest and in Care Bears. And I wanted to watch Roger. Yeah, absolutely. And magical. But magical is the word. That smell of popcorn when you sit down. And also, so much of it is to do with the hype. In the sense that um, I remember, um, who's the chap who wrote the um, the Far Show? And um, not Paul Whitehouse, Charlie... Uh, Sorry, David, can I just butt in? Yeah, absolutely. Meeting you with a view to a girl. Face to face. Differences. Feel the chill. I'm the old Alfred Scanner. But you know no, the plans, the plans are against you. See, gonna be the whole world wide. Oh, it's a classic. Why a mystery keeping inside? A week is why until we. Dance into the fire. The greatest skill a spy can have. Dance into the fire. Not great. It's not. That's that's no, not how it goes. The, the fatal it? kill is all we need. Get the fatal kill is all we need. They are classic tunes, and I mean, and then after that, you had um, Our Hard doing Living Daylights. It's a good song that Kill got me going oh, yeah, there. Gotcha. The, the best one is the Paul McCartney Live and Let Die. That really is um, yeah, that's, uh, electrical. That's... The thing I was going to say about magical cinemas is. Um, sorry, no, no, not that was, no, that no, was no, a no, beautiful no. interlude. That was a beautiful interlude. The guy who wrote The Far Show, um, Charlie. What's Hickson. His name? Hickson, absolutely. Is it Hickson? He, yeah. he made a great observation in the sense that in the early days before social media, you've got great little trickles of hype beforehand. You always had a James Bond Blue Pizza special. Mm-hmm. John Craven from Newsround always visited the set. Mm-hmm. And you always got these mini little clips. So when you got to see the film, yeah. you were just on hype heaven. Yeah. Finally, you're off to see Jesus. So magical cinema is deep red carpets, the smell of popcorn, Absolutely. and cardboard cutouts. Right, so David, have you got any movie news this week? Abs- absolutely, sir. Absolutely. Fantastic. Welcome everyone who's list- uh, watching live, by the way, on YouTube. Welcome everyone, John and Dr. Griggles, Mr. David Beard, DDD, Brad Cohen, um, Nicola, welcome, Mike, Ruben, welcome everybody, and welcome to you at home. And welcome, Mandy. Take that. Oh. <laughs> Is that Mandy slapping your bum? She just put a hot pipe near my bum. Sizzle, sizzle. <laughs> she is oh. taking liberties on a big, big. No, I don't mind it. No, it's fun. A hot pipe on your butt cheek? That's yes. just inappropriate. I don't mind it. I don't mind it, David. No, we don't mind don't playing mind. games. Well, there you go. Fair enough. I mean, I mind seeing it because it's a, it's a minor version of GBH. It's, uh, it, that's I don't, why but I don't know. mind receiving it. And if she, I don't mind receiving it, and yes. she doesn't mind giving it, yes. then what the hell's it got to do with you? Well said. Because three's a crown. I think she's doing it to get to me. I think it would be Oh, it's mate. not all about you, big. She's trying to get me old. Oh, put a sock in it, granddad. She just said, put a sock in it, granddad. That's what she would like. I think that would, you know. Ticker erotic robo. Oh, very funny. Put, um, you know, a big goal of sports sock in my mouth. Very funny. Okay, well, so anyways, moving, move movie news. Movie news. Michael Mann has written, uh, Michael Mann, as you know, the director of Heat, uh, the Robert De Niro Al Pacino uh, cop and detective thriller. Uh, you, you remember Heat? Val Kilmer is in it. Yeah, I've only seen it once. It's just, it's the kind of film I'd like to watch again as it well, goes. Well, Captain. Oh. Um, He's written a novel, Heat 2, and he's now going to turn it into a film. And it's almost a Godfather Part 2-esque sequel in the sense that it takes place 
before the original heat and after um, the, the, the original heat. Does that make sense? You've got mm -hmm. flashbacks and in the future, like Godfather Part II. Pre-heat, post-heat. Perfect. That's how you'd pitch it in an LA meeting and they'd be start clinking Pepsi bottles. David, is heat good? Um, I've been told it is. When I You've saw not it seen it? Cinema, I have seen it in the cinema. I thought it was a... I thought it was... I've only seen it once. It is Three out of five. Do you know what? It's a case... I, I don't know. After a while, I don't know what I like and what I've been told to like by the general public. Mm. Do you know what I mean? I, I'm thinking to myself, it probably was a three out of five experience. Do you know what I mean? I was quite young when I watched it. If I watched it now with more mature eyes, I think I'll be impressed. There's a massive bank robbery that goes wrong and they chase through the streets um, of the local town. I don't know the local town. It sounds like it was in Littlehampton, in whatever the state it was, like Chicago or something. And I remember that being very impressive. And the um, the massive confrontation between De Niro and um, Al Pacino in a cafe also being impressive. So I think if I saw it with more mature eyes, I'd appreciate it. David, was the confrontation in the cafe impressive? Or are you just saying that because apparently it is, and you've seen lots of YouTube clips going, oh, watch this scene, it's impressive. Was it impressive? I don't know anymore. Because yes, there are endless YouTube scenes. And um, it's just like it, the amount of times it turns up on YouTube. You YouTube it now. I mean, don't do it now. Because What's that scene now? with De Niro and Pacino in the cafe? It's quite something. Is it? Is it? Is it quite something? I, I'm not joking. If you don't do it, pop it in there because I don't want to distract you. But the thing is, it's a case of um, it, it just go. It, it just be a flood of them just sitting in front of each other on a table. I don't know what is good and what isn't anymore with that. I, I'm completely lost. But, um, what, what would Mr. Charkins think of um, what would Mr. Charkins think of heat? Um, Mr. Charkins, he would say uh, heat is when finally two monsters, two uh, Greek gods of the cinematic stage, grace the screen together. When this happens in science, mushroom clouds appear. When two atomic cells intercombine, intercombine and create. And the bastard child that came from the womb of De Niro and Al Pacino is Heat, which was locked, looked over by the, uh, the nurse who helped to give birth, being Michael Mann. This is um, an amazing moment where these three intellects come together in an orgy of cinematic pleasure, where these two men lock eyes and antlers like two mammal creatures in the Canadian outback. It was a wonderful moment. I watch Heat once a year to remind myself I am alive and cinema does exist. It's not merely product placement, rubbish. It's reality and it can be put together. Two men that pop their cherry together on the silver screen. He wouldn't say pop their cherry. I mean, Mr. Charkins wouldn't say pop their cherry. He might have said it in a sort of tongue-in-cheek ironic yeah, right. manner. Right, yeah, yeah. But he wouldn't yeah. send popular cherry, you know. It's yeah. sort of a word he might have heard in a Vietnam War movie. Yeah. Type of thing. But the thing is, um, Adam Driver, that's the big um, announcement, is going to be playing Robert De Niro's role. Oh. In the actual flashback. Oh, um, okay. And, and then I think um, Al Pacino will come back, but Robert De Niro won't. Oh, why not? I think it's because, I don't want to spoil it if anyone hasn't seen Heat, but I don't think De Niro makes the final credits. Does he not? Or am I, I wrong I, about I don't know. I don't know at all. don't know. I'm, I'm pretty sure that's the case. So you carry on with Al Pacino. Okay. And then you get a younger De Niro with um, Adam Driver. That's the plan. Pacino's old now, isn't he? Oh, he certainly is. Have you seen him in The Irishman? He's quite old there. Is he really? Certainly. I mean, they were making films in the 70s. Yeah. I mean, they were making films before Harrison Ford. Harrison Ford alarm. Harrison Ford alarm. Didn't Godfather come out very, very late sixties? It was certainly filmed in the late sixties, and Godfather Part Two was like seventy seventy one. So yeah, they've been around for bloody ever. And also, it makes you wonder, uh, wonder how much money they've made. Do you know what I mean? Being a movie star for that many decades. Mm, top of the game. Top of your game. For that lot, for like half. Absolutely rolling in it, David. Half a century. And also they say, you know, 
As soon as you become famous, there's a part of your intellect that never develops and evolves because you're constantly pampered. You're going, you know, into this kind of like star womb. Beautiful, beautiful. beautiful. But it is though, isn't it? And, um, <laughs> and you wonder what's happened to their, you know, what what they must be like. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so that's so that's week's, this week's movie news. It's good, actually. It's good movie news. One other thing I'll say very briefly, yeah. Apple Plus, um, the streaming site, they're going to put a billion dollars into um, big cinema releases. So, you know, which um, the cinema exhibition industry is very excited about because it means streamers aren't just going to focus on making films and releasing them straight to the streaming site. They're going to make a, a concerted effort to actually bring films out in cinemas because apparently their thinking is if you bring it out in the cinema it will become a cultural event and then people want to actually then watch it again on subscription yeah yeah and they've got some exciting films they've got napoleon starring whacking phoenix directed by ridley scott right they've got a new scorsese dicaprio film called um uh what was it called yet yeah, killer of the power moon and they've got two Brad Pitt movies. One of them is a Formula One movie uh, directed by the chap who did Top Gun 2. This sounds like, this is great news, David, isn't it? Oh, absolutely, definitely. And the other one is a George Clooney um, uh, spy movie, spy thriller movie. And it's directed by the guy who did the new Spider-Man movie. It makes the, sense, though. Like you said, it becomes a thing in the cinema and then you want to watch it again and again and again and again. Absolutely. Because when it's when it's just dropped on a streaming site, it's just... It gets uh, lost. 100%. Oh, they're waking up to... And why? Because of this podcast. That's what I'm hoping. That's, that's my I thinking. I wonder if someone's been listening to you talking about the streaming sites over the last eight months and thought, do you know what? He's got a point. The blonde beacon of cinematic hope just just shining over like a lighthouse on the chip on the choppy waters of entertainment. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you very much, David, for this week's movie news. Thank you for listening. Thank you for being ear holes I can speak to. David Edwards. This week's movie review is Come and See. Now, I remember everyone in the uh, comment boxes saying um, how disturbing this movie, and I spoke to Chris about it straight after talking to you, and he went, oh, oh, God, that's bleak. Did you watch it? Yeah, I found it, um, yeah, very scarring, basically. Yeah, I found it really, really, it was with me this morning. Yeah, it's it's a really dark film. It's um it's basically Schindler's List on steroids. That's the only way of looking at it. It's really really dark. Or oh, it's got an element of the pianist. It's it's like when you said earlier, um, our last episode, War. I was like, oh, I like a war movie because ultimately it's you know it's an action movie that's got a bit of reality mixed in. This is more of a genocide movie. This is more like it's more in keeping with Schindler's List and things like that. It's just um quite horrific what the Nazis right, did. Right, what, 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 what's the movie about? And how, so, how long is it? What, what, what do we see? What's going on? So what is it? Um, so the, the, the running time, so I've got my notes here. Um, the running time is, is two hours. And, um, but I mean, you don't even notice that. I mean, I, I watched it in one sitting. It's as simple as that, which is dark because I found it very uncomfortable. And it shows that darkly, it's like, Maybe you enjoy that uncomfortableness to a certain degree because I, I didn't stop watching. I carried on. It's basically a young guy who lives in a, a village in Russia and um, the Nazis are coming over. And it's it's similar to All Quiet on the Western Front, only on some minor elements, in that he has this naive idea, which is a bit of a, a war movie narrative trope, you know, a bit of a cliche, that he wants to join the war. He wants to be a hero. You know, he wants to have that experience of manhood. And the opening scene is him digging into the sand to um, to find a rifle that's been hidden, that someone in the village has told him it's there. Because if you manage to get your own weapon, then the Russian army will allow you to join the army. 
And then he finds the weapon and he tells his mother he's going to go and join the army now. And the mother just breaks down in tears. The Russian army turn up to the village and he's taken to the army. And he's just, he's like Luke Skywalker, you know, he's full of like, you know, dreams, hope, you know, this is going to be great. But everyone around him is completely demoralized. But it just escalates from there. It basically, he then goes off into the forest and there's an air raid and he meets a girl in the air raid and he gets detached from the army. And it's almost just his journey then um, wandering through the war zones with this, this girl at, for a period of time. And it just escalates and gets worse and worse. The filmmaker, the guy who played the main character, the young boy, is incredibly well cast in the sense that he just looks so traumatized and it's not like a cinematic version of traumatizedness like matt damon or tom hanks looking off and winning an oscar he just looks like a child that's being bullied during pe do you know proper kind of and also if you see the whole film his hair goes gray and they say that the actual actor found that the filming process so intense that his hair went gray i don't know how true that is because I went down a YouTube wormhole, rabbit hole afterwards. But it just gets worse and worse. And the worst thing is, he then finds himself in the village, the neighbouring village, and the Nazis turn up. And it's just horrific. You know, let's, let's, before you carry on, let's have a little listen to a bit of Come and See. So why was this why was this film so harrowing i would say the um it escalates and gets worse and worse and worse it really does um and also the cinematography what does that mean gets worse and worse and worse well i don't want to actually give away the plot but i mean um, right well first of all totally to answer your question cinematography is a case of it's very documentary-esque you know, uh, lots of steady cam, lots of long takes. It's in the eight, 1980s, this film. Uh, yes, it was. Yeah, absolutely. Does it feel like the 80s? No, not really. It doesn't feel that contemporary. It feels dated. It feels like as though it came from a previous era, but not particularly 1980s. And um, it's definitely got a 90, you know, the 1970s Sam Mendes film, where it's just like Mendes's film, obviously, is very recent. What's that? 1917. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I imagine elements of this film inspired Sam Mendes because there's a lot of long takes, lots of steady cam. Obviously, with 1917, he took it the full hog and it was the entire film, but he used CGI trickery to create that look. But the documentary feel is um, makes it very immersive and real, similar to Schindler's List. But the main actor kid, he just looks absolutely... Um, well, like he's being reduced to a child that's just being completely i mean and to, to answer your question of like why is it horrific you get the nazis and they just basically um gather all the village people into a barn and they just taunt them and they um do horrific things to them um are you and, watching these yeah absolutely watching it there's a man you're introduced to at the beginning who talks to him about war who's later just being burnt to death 
Um, another horrific moment is um, the boy and the girl go back to um, the boy's house, the main boy's house, the main character, but the, but the, 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 um, the family's not there. He doesn't know where the family's gone. But then you notice flies landing on the food. Then they wander out the house. The girl notices it, but she doesn't tell the boy. Um, but there is a massive heap of naked bodies outside the house, and that's his family. And she doesn't tell him straight away. And it's filmed in a very matter of the fact documentary manner. Did you eat? Did you drink an Ovaltine watching this? No, I didn't. It was I was planning to, but it just uh, and that's what I mean. It just escalates and escalates and escalates. And the final scene is really um, it's quite uh, expressionistic, kind of um, European in the sense that he's firing his gun at a photo of Hitler, and then Hitler keeps appearing alongside real footage of dead bodies. And then finally, the last image of Hitler is Hitler as a child, and then he stops firing. I don't see the idea that war would do it to anyone. You know, no one turns out a killer mm, at the beginning. This is no Pete's Dragon, is it? Absolutely. But darkly, what do you prefer, being scarred or bored? Do you feel, you know, at least, I don't know, it's strange, isn't it? What do you prefer, boredom? Or do you prefer being Garden. absolutely psychologically kind so of So it did like, stay with you then, this morning you were thinking Oh, absolutely. It. 100%. Because there's no... Um, there's just lots of close-ups of his face. And it just... The poster, I looked at, looked at his face and the poster, I found it a bit kind of um, off-putting. And it just would be like that, wouldn't it? It'd just be like, you'd just be regressed to... It's like Maslow's hierarchy, isn't it? You'd just be at the bottom of that pyramid of just utter kind of like all stability and just reality completely you know the rug pulled out of you and you just oh, be like, oh, 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 I'm looking at some still images from the film jeepers he, weepers he's reduced to a three-year-old child oh um, man i couldn't watch this oh my god yeah it's it's very 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 intense well david thank you for that and now it's your turn to tell us how many chalk ices out of five are you going to give? Come and see. Yeah, it's a, it's a tricky one. You know, I went to the loo last night and I was laying in bed thinking about this one a bit too much in the sense that... Um, do you remove a choc ice because it's left such a nasty taste in your mouth? I guess it's a case of, well, I guess you would if it was a real choc ice. You want your money back. You go back, you go to human resources. We well, you go to human resources, you just go to customer services. But at this metaphorical film choc ice, it's a case of do, um, well, I guess it's five out of five because it did what it said in the tin. But I found it very hard to sleep and, um, in the shower this morning, I was thinking about it. it just Would you like me to roll over to you and you hug you? And David, David, did you hear Mandy? She just uh, said, "Would you like, would you like me to roll over to you and hug you?" Yes, I would like that definitely. That's I'm coming. Hug, hug. Hug you. Thank you, thank you for that. That's, that, that's good of you. That's okay. Thank it's you, Mandy. Even, even thank you. That's all right. People, that's all right. Lovely. The sentiment was there. Thank now you, take that, big boy. That's <laughs> <laughs> quite abusive. Oh, be quiet. You're giving me something here. Take if I want to play with David, I can. I'll be quiet. Thank you very much, David, for this week's movie review. Not a problem, sir. Not a problem at all. David Edwards Movie Tip. Have you got any movie tips this week, David? I have. I'm in the middle of reading a book called Unscripted, and it is about 
um, Summer Redstone, who was the CEO owner of Viacom, most importantly, Paramount Studios, MTV, Nickelodeon. And um, it's a book that's uh, become very popular within the film podcast circles. And um, he was very much, uh, well, he's completely out of control of the CEO, uh, as the CEO of the studio. And he was very much one of these people who created the atmosphere that Harvey Weinstein kind of embraced. And um, his history and story, he's passed away now, but his Is history... His name? Um, Sumner, so S-U-M-N-E-R, Redstone. And he was a big inspiration to Jesse Armstrong, who um, obviously wrote Peep Show, but more importantly wrote Succession. And his family lineage, because he had children and they've always been wanting to get hold of the studio. And, and the worst part of the story is when, um, he, even in his 90s, he had a real libido for the women to the extent that he'd even like steal girlfriends off his grandchildren when he was in his 80s as a sugar daddy. What? Yeah, basically. And there was um, two women that were living in his mansion who were his um, helpers slash girlfriends. And they were very close because he's going senile. And they were very close to getting him to sign off all his money to them. But then the daughter got involved. And the daughter is now in charge of Paramount. But a lot of people say that the Redstone should just sell Paramount off because um, they've never really been capable with the studio. Because I always say that Paramount had the opportunity to be as big as Disney, you know, one of the real big hitters. And it's amazing that Paramount's still around now, really. The Redstones have always sort of dragged it down. So um, it's just um, a media empire family and the dysfunctionality around it, ultimately. And the real sort of white male, and also um, uh, Summer Redstone kind of helped breed that white middle, middle age, middle oh, upper class kind of chauvinistic, sexist kind of culture. And he employed a lot of people into Paramount who also kind of uh, propagated that kind of way of living. Never heard of it. I'm looking at him now. I'm he was a big. He was a massive. Ins Obviously, the Murdochs were the main inspiration for Succession. Um, because that was the original Succession script. He'd written a book, um, sorry, he'd written a screenplay, Jesse Armstrong, about the Murdochs. And um, that was used as the basis for Succession. But the Redstones were also another form of inspiration for the actual movie. So he lived in a, he lived in a mansion with two young ladies. Uh, even before that, there was some bizarre situation. Both of them were his girlfriends. One of them was originally his, his home help to help him because he was going senile and his daughter was continually trying to get involved to actually um, make sure he couldn't sign off all his money to them because they nearly managed that. They nearly managed him to actually sign off Viacom or the majority of his shares because um, he owned a whole conglomerate. It's a and, heavy one, isn't it? This oh, oh, really? <laughs> yeah, it is. <laughs> it's, it's, it's Do you want to dance? Huh? Mandy said, "Do you want to dance?" Yeah, why not? I've, I mean, you don't have arms, but yeah, let's go for oh, it. Just dance. Are, are the wheels okay. Oils? All right, I'll put some music on. Okay. And um, have a dance. Let's dance. Tango. Let's tangle with the fridge. Let's dance. Here we go. Let's Love dance. it. Let's I just dance. felt Summer Redstone come and see. Let's dance here now. You can move, David. Let's dance. Oh, you can move, David. Let's go. Here we go. Let's dance. 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 Very true. There has been emotional support. There's been no sarcasm or toxic bitterness. Take that, she has, David. You know, she goes, oh, oh, yeah. oh, there she goes with the hot pipe, making me jealous. There we go. Just when I'm about to sort of give her a kind of thumbs up, she takes it away from me, which is a form of passive abuse. Let me play with David, that's what, David. That's, that's bad parenting. That's what parents do. They take, bring you in for a hug. If I want to touch way. David's bum, let Not me touch... parents. I'm talking about one soon. <laughs> Who are passive aggressive. Oh, what are you talking about? <laughs> Fuck. Oh, so Sumner Redstone, and it's called Unscripted. Unscripted, and it's all about a, um, a media empire mogul and how it all went to his blooming head. 
Another yeah. good one to read is Don Simpson, High Concept. Don Simpson, High Concept. And that is the producer of Top Gun, who was originally the um, the partner with Jerry Bruckheimer. And um, his life just went completely out of control. Don Simpson and the Hollywood culture of excess. Wow. That, that's a real read. Is it really? Page to page. Really talented guy, but just completely out of control. Like what? Have you got any examples? I mean, the worst thing was um, paying lots of money for for a um, penis extension and actually injecting it with things. Um, With with things? things. I know. um, Or like peanuts? and Um, Not peanuts. It would be more like liquid and things like that. And then it would start weeping quite horrifically. Um, And apparently he would be... um, the assistant will always wonder why he would he'd be, he suddenly had a walk they described like John Wayne because he used to wear these very tight Levi 501s because it was the 80s and it was because his um, genitals were weeping because he was injecting it with um, with liquid and um, what the f- what and he would do mad things like uh, he turned up for his high school reunion in a helicopter and two playboy bunnies but it was a shame because Jerry Bruckheim was interviewed recently and he said he was incredibly talented. He said he's never met a man who could pitch so well in a room and he had a real nose for um, films that the public were interested in. Because he produced Flashdance, he produced um, obviously Top Gun, loads of um, big 80s high concept. Don Simpson injected fat into his penis to make it wider, heavier and longer. Absolutely. And... Um, he was in so much pain, he still wouldn't stop wearing his Levi jeans, black shirt and cowboy boots. He was that dedicated to his look that his actual um, genitals were just in utter, oh, just horrificness. David, thank you so much for this week's movie tips. Not a problem. They are two um, real page turners. It goes without saying. The men who are given everything in worse situations than any of us. That's Hollywood for you. There's a there's an interesting philosopher, I, I can't remember the name of him, but um, it, it was a film critic who was talking about him that said that it doesn't matter how utopian your life is, human beings always have to, and somehow, to create a sense of drama, have got to ruin it somehow, to create some kind of narrative and sense of identity. So you could have it absolutely perfect, but then um, you get bored and you've got to create, you know, you've got to start injecting fat into your genitals. Do you know what I mean? It's just like you've just got to do something just to create something. You know, you can't have that status quo. You've got to always be looking for the next thing around the corner always. It is nuts. Well, I guess, I guess, well, it is literally nuts. I guess if, um, I guess if your willy isn't, up to stand if you're not happy with your willy and you got the money stick I some guess, fat in it I think do you know the other irony I always find is Don Simpson's obviously very 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 bright person if you were going to sit down and all three of us did a Mensa test I think yeah who's going to stick the fat who's going to inject fat in their willy out of us three insane so this is a man that would go into 20th Century Fox, he'd sell all these ideas, he'd know how to work the market. He literally came up with a high concept idea, which is what cinema is based around. Did he? Absolutely, with Jerry Bruckheimer. I think Spielberg also helped um, usher that in as well, but he's one of the minds. But that same brain could be talked into buying fat of a high um, amount of money and then I don't like a needle in my arm, let alone in one of the veins in my penis. Do you know what I mean? And then injecting it yourself. You know, your alarm clock going off in the middle of a meeting, I won't be a second, rolling down your Levi jeans, like Rick Ashley in the 80s when he's in that laundry. <laughs> Is it Rick Ashley? Is it Rick Ashley, the one in the laundrette that would... Um... It's not Rick Ashley. It's not Rick Ashley. It's Nick Heyman. Why did I think it was Nick Kamen? Nick Kamen, that's bizarre. I thought it was... I thought Rick Ashley 
Was Lee? Who was it? Astley? Who was it? Oh, from genital fat. It's Rick Ashley. You're never gonna take me right. You're never gonna take me down. You're never gonna da na na. Why do I think she, he was in the Levi commercial? That's bizarre, isn't it? Oh. They look similar. They look similar, or dear God, what a nightmare! Why are we talking about Rick Astley? Uh, Levi jeans. Because I thought he was a guy in the in the laundrette. He took off his Levi jeans like uh, Don Simpson would need to. Whilst um, injecting fat into his between his you know, bullseye, injecting anyway, fat into his bullseye. Well, the, the, your organic bullseye, you know, the, the centerpiece of who you are, your genitals, cyberman. Your um, your very being, the magical handshake that creates the circle of life. I've re I've I should have I don't know when to stop, do I? I did a two lovely book reviews and then it just derails. <laughs> I don't oh god, to be honest, I needed a laugh after come and see. Flipping out is a low after that. Yeah, come and see really is um I'd like to see what else the director has done though. Do you know what I mean? It's, um what did Chris um say about it as oh, well? I just said it was yeah, Blake. And um, Chris, obviously a, a man of cinema. It'd be lovely to have, get him on the podcast one day to have a chat. Do you think he's injected his penis, actually? Um, I bet it wasn't fat, though. I bet it was spring water from a mountain spring in Scotland, somewhere, you know, productive. Thank you so much, David, for this week's movie tips. Perfect stuff. Does, does Chris have any movie tips? Sorry, I don't, I don't, I don't want to derail it. <laughs> Sorry, I don't want to derail it, but... Has he seen anything good recently, or is it anything? Don't know. But we've sorry, got to no, crack no. on Absolute, with this pod. Sorry, Pat, I'm derailing things now. Sorry. Oh, dear. Funny. Sorry about that. Carry on. David Edwards, Random Movie Generator. <laughs> So, David, my favourite part of the episode is now when Mandy, she's chugging away, when Mandy um, finds you a film you used to review. Some people think Mandy had an ulterior motive last week, finding Come and See for you. Fingers crossed there's no um, Not for me to say. AI jiggery-pokery in the system type of thing. How are you feeling? I mean, so... Watching Come and See, was it homework or did you actually get some kind of pleasure out of watching a I decent think it's a, film? You know, I think it's a case of, um, bizarrely, I prefer harrowing over boredom. That doesn't mean I want to go to war, do you know what I mean? Um, it's a case of, um, I'd much prefer to be bored in Arundel than actually physically go to war. But um, there's nothing worse than watching paint dry, do you know what I mean? I remember, I remember watching um, The Sisterhood of the Travelling Pans and thinking to myself, God, I really do need to um, give my uh, PC screen a wipe because I've never noticed the dust on it. And I thought, dear God, it's that bad. Let's get you a light, fluffy, shallow movie for you to watch and enjoy yourself. Let's go for it, Captain. Okay, so here we go. Mandy is ready. Are you ready? Let's find the genre. Please, David. Tell Mandy when to stop. Take your time. Stop. Prime. Here we go. Now let's find the decade. I don't mind crime. I'm not amazed, but I don't mind that. Please tell Mandy when to stop. Stop. 1950s. Oh, that doesn't sound good. Yeah. Could be Hitchcock, though. Could be interesting. And um, we generate. Mandy has generated four movies. She's spinning them around. Now it's time for you to tell her when to top. stop spinning. Stop. On the waterfront. Oh my God. On the waterfront. That's not a crime movie, is it? Well, probably not. I've never seen it. 
I would. Um, I've never seen it, believe it or not, which is a bit of a, um, a terrible thing to announce. I love it when you but get these big old movies to watch. I would definitely be up for watching The Waterfront, definitely, on The Waterfront. On 100%. The Waterfront. On The Waterfront, I'd be up for that, 100%. Okay. Let's find the genre of the second movie, which you might be watching next week. Stop. All right. Okay. Now let's find the decade. Stop. 1980s. That sounds good. And we've generated. Mandy's generated four horror movies from the 1980s. And now it's time for you, the teller, to stop spinning them. Press the button. American Werewolf in London. Oh! Have you seen it? A long, long, long time ago. Literally when I was at university, so I'd have been early 20s. So we're talking about it's nearly a quarter of a century mm. since I've seen it. Good. Two good movies here. Very good. Really good. Now the genre of the third movie. Please, David. Tell Mandy when to stop. Stop action. Oh God, there we go. That's what we want. And now the decade. Stop. 1970s. Okay, could be good. And we generate. Mandy, generate. Hit the button. Hang on a sec. Mandy's generated four movies. Please tell Mandy when to stop spinning the movies. Hit the button. Enter the dragon. Oh my God, these are all classics. Wow, David, 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 how are we feeling? Gosh, Enter the Dragon, you know, I remember watching that in Brighton with my friend Oliver when I was like 13. So I haven't seen that for years. I love that movie. Yeah, so I'd be very interested in seeing it. I remember the um, the uh, Corridor and Mirrors fight at the end. Mm. And that's the yellow jumpsuit, isn't it? From no. No, that's um, oh, the other one. So not Into the Dragon. No. So maybe, it's, I, maybe I've never seen Into the Dragon. Oh, into the, no, but it's the mirror fight at the end. Oh, it's the mirror Why fight. Why am I doing okay, that? Excellent. Oh, because that's what he does. Sir. Yeah, I knew you. I knew you being Bruce Lee. There, there's no confusion. Okay, Doctor Gregor says you can't lose here. Mike Roll says cracking selection today. Bradley says wonderful stuff. You can't lose. You're quite right. Which is the best place to be in life. I mean, Don Simpson couldn't lose though. And what did he end up doing? What did he it's end amazing, up doing? Amazing now. Injecting himself with, um, I think it's crab meat. But well, that's something from the, from the shores of Florida, if you read the book. And it weren't cheap. It used to be given to him in an attaché briefcase. Um, so lots of pomp and, uh, you know, impressive glamour attached to it. Very really. Okay, so, here we go. Let's see if I can... Uh, okay. So, given each movie an A, a B, and a C. Okay. I've jumbled them up. Or have yep. I? Or have I? Okay. It's now time for you to decide which movie you want to watch. Well, you don't decide, you choose it blindfolded. I could go with any of them, really. B. I could Hang go on. with any of them. We're not ready yet. Over to you, David. Is it going to be A, B, or C? American Werewolf in London. Looking forward to that one. That's fantastic. That is electric. That's electrodes attached to my, um, I don't know, I, I'm not going to say genitals because that's x rated. No, we've spoken my a nipples, lot about nipples. My nipples. Simple as that. That's Absolutely. great. That's super. I'm well up for that. I've watched a little bit of that recently. For some reason. Oh yeah, it's it's it's, it's fantastic. Mm. You're telling me that you were one of the actors who were in the pub 
at the beginning. Oh, God, yeah, yeah, yeah. But also, I looked at a werewolf film, didn't I? The Howling with um, Joe Dante. And I remember there being lots of references when I went down the YouTube videos and um, you know reviews of it afterwards. And uh, they made loads of American werewolf references there. And so, yeah. Can't wait to hear you talk about this. Oh, yeah, God, yeah. I'm, I'm well up for it. Massively. I've been well up for, for checking that out. 100%. Um, well, thank you so much, David, for this week's um, Random Movie Generator. Thank you for leaving me with the film treat. I can't wait to check that out. Are you up for answering some questions from the patrons? 110%. 110%. Wonderful. Oh, Jeff Dow says, American Werewolf in Movie... American Werewolf in London is one hour 37 long. That is my absolute, you know, and if you take off the credits, it's probably even shorter. So we're nearing that 90 minute G spot. I don't believe it's an hour and a half. That's what every film should be 90 minutes. Feels like they packed so much into that hour and a half. Yes, I know exactly what you mean. I mean, it's a while since I've seen it. But, um, yeah, looking back at it now, there's a lot going on, isn't there? Mm. This whole transformation yeah. thing. An hour and a half. Okay. Um, thank you, David. And um, I'll see you in the Patreon shed. Looking forward to it. I'm off to the shed right now. I'm wandering down the garden path. Thank you for listening, everyone. And see you next week. Bye for now. Au revoir. Thank you for your time, people. Random